Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. It has certainly been a while since Attorney Jennifer Bertie has joined us here on Chicago's Legal Latte, and t- today we're going to take care of that oversight. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and, and pleased to welcome Jennifer back to the podcast for our discussion. Um, as you may know, Jennifer is a, a talented associate at Lavelle Law, and you can always get a glimpse of her background at lavellelaw.com. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Right now I want to get to a detailed discussion that we've got planned for the day, We're going to look at mandatory commercial arbitration, something we haven't really touched on here in the past, so an opportunity to uh, learn a little bit new, as we always like to do. So good afternoon, Jennifer. Thanks for taking the time to be with me today. Thank you so much, Jim. So it appears, in looking through the notes, that about, uh, you know, six, eight months ago or so, there was a change in the court system that... uh, now requires certain cases that they be diverted to what's known as mandatory arbitration, which we'll learn about today. Um, is this something that's just in a specific uh, area of the court system that, that this is happening now? Yes. So it's the commercial calendar section of the law division in Cook County. Okay. And from a legal perspective, Tell me what is meant. We hear the term arbitration, but what does that mean? What role does it play in, in cases like this? Typically, the word arbitration is just the use of an arbitrator as opposed to a sitting judge to settle a dispute. In this context, it's similar, but it's a little different because it's a ruling made by an arbitrator after the parties put on the case like a trial before the arbitrator. And that occurs via the arbitrator. The arbitrator will then rule, and then the case will go back to the to the court. Okay, All right. good good distinction, and I think we're going to talk a lot today about that process. Um, before we get into the process and the role you might play as as an attorney in this, you had mentioned that it was in the uh, particular area of of law management in uh, commercial law division. Um, so what types of cases, what, you know, what do you mean when you say a commercial case? What would we be looking at in these instances? Examples would be a breach of contract, breach of loan agreement or a guarantee, construction contracts, breach of warranty, employment disputes, discrimination, fraud, conspiracy, interference with business relationships, and that that's it's a wide range of cases and if if in fact we um we see a lot of these and arbitration is is um sort of deemed the appropriate matter by the court now is this becoming fairly common are you starting to see a lot of this in your practice yes and and when it happens you know when when a suit is filed at at what point does the court determine that it should be in arbitration? Is there a process the court follows to make that determination? Yes. So after the plaintiff files their complaint, the defendant files what's called an answer. And at that point, the court will determine whether the case qualifies for mandatory arbitration. 
And if the court determines that it is, the court will then refer the parties to mandatory arbitration and issue what's called a referral to mandatory arbitration order. And, and when the court takes that action, um, you know, what, what are the next steps? And again, we always like to kind of understand your role in the process as someone representing one of, one of the uh, um, clients in the case. You know, what, what do you start on next? What's the process look like? There will be a single arbitrator assigned to the case. They'll set the date and the time for the hearing, and they'll notify all the parties of the name of the arbitrator and the date and the time so that everyone can prepare for their arbitration. And historically, I, I, you know, obviously I talked to many of your peers who represent different areas of the law, from bankruptcy to family law and, and many others, and it seems that certain cases, certain types of uh, uh, issues can take a long time to wind their way through the court system. Since the arbitrator is, is working somewhat independently of that, uh, are, are there certain time frames then that you would expect um, these these processes to take place? Yes, the arbitration will occur with only within only 150 days after the referral order that the judge enters. So the parties will remain before the court for 120 days after the referral, and then discovery will be automatically stayed, and the arbitration hearing would be complete then within the next 30 days, rounding out that 150-day period. We're um, we're talking with Lavelle Law Attorney Jennifer Berti today on the podcast, and uh, the topic is mandatory commercial arbitration. Um, as always, when, when Jennifer stops by, we've, we've got a lot to learn. And um, if you want to learn more about Jennifer's practice, uh, as well as reading some of her articles and listening to past podcasts, I mentioned earlier, LavelleLaw.com, um, a great place to go to, to get information on topics like this. We've also got a large collection of hundreds of other podcasts from all the attorneys at Lavelle Law. Uh, that's on their website, as well as Blog Talk Radio and on iTunes. Um, so just want to divert people over there to make sure that they can stay current on some of our discussions. Um, so, so, Jennifer, it appears that once you get into this arbitration process, um, there's going to be a lot of documentation that's required to get to the arbitrator to, to state the case. Um, take me through a few of the items that you would need to start compiling then to prepare for one of these hearings. So about 30 days prior to the arbitration hearing, the parties are required to meet and confer and exchange all their potential exhibits and documents that it wants to present at the, at the hearing. And 14 days prior to the arbitration date, the parties then submit all of their documents to the arbitrator so that the arbitrator can review and they submit it to the opposing side as well. And that would be all your pleadings, the complaint and the answer, a detailed statement of the case, all the names of the witnesses that are expected to testify, documents you're going to put into evidence, stipulations or agreements that you may have with the opposing side, any reports, affidavits, summaries, and an itemization of your damages. And you mentioned there, just to clarify, you submit this to the arbitrator, but both parties also share the documentation with each other. So it's, it's almost as if um, uh, a discovery process in, in litigation or other trials where you have to expose all the information to the to the opposing side. Is that correct? Correct. And, and many times it is a document that you received from the opposing side in discovery. And it wouldn't be all of your discovery documents. It would just be the ones that you may or may not, uh, but you may introduce into evidence at the hearing. 
And from a preparation point of view, as you pull these documents and this evidence together, um, do you tend to have to do anything different in preparation than what you would do if you were going before a, a judge or a jury, or is it still the same process for you? It's very similar uh, to a trial because you will put on evidence just like a trial where you have openings and closings, direct examinations and cross-examinations. So the preparation would be similar. Now, does an attorney put their case at risk if they fail to comply with the documentation requirements? Yes, there is a requirement that you submit those documents and meet and confer with the other side. And if you fail to do that, there may be grounds for a bad faith finding against that party. And if the arbitrator certifies that any party acted in bad faith by willfully refusing to attend the arbitration or refusing to participate or provide these documents, the case will immediately be sent back to the supervising judge for a hearing. And if the court finds that the party acted in bad faith, the court may sanction the party up to $1,000. And the, the hearing itself, um, since it's, you know, an arbitrator, does this take place in, in a courtroom? Is it is it just you and the client and the arbitrator? And, and once once you're in there, is it take its natural course or you you can find a certain amount of time these actually take place at 222 north lasalle in a different room just up the street from the courthouse and they go about four hours and there's only one arbitrator okay and um when that hearing is is finished, do, does the arbitrator provide a, a resolution immediately? Do they take time to evaluate and come back to you later with with their result? How, how does that work? Within just a few days, the arbitrator will issue an award, a decision essentially deciding the case after they've reviewed all the evidence and uh, attended and watched the arbitration hearing and the trial essentially put on by all the parties. And the award will have a finding. It will say, for example, judgment for the plaintiff against the defendant in the amount of $75,000. And because the court directed the case to arbitration, does that make whatever the arbitrator finds a, a binding result? And, and do you, as either of the parties, have a chance to refute that, or do you have to accept what they do? Either party may reject the arbitrator's ruling, by filling out a rejection form, filing with the clerk, and paying a $750 rejection fee. And they must do that within seven business days of receiving the notice of the award from the arbitrator. And if you fail to do that, that could constitute a waiver of the party's right to reject. And if you do reject, um, what's, what's the process then? Does it go back to the judge? Does it go back to the arbitrator for another round? Uh, how, how does that play out? It continues the case before the judge that was originally assigned to it, and then you will go to trial, and you will actually have a hearing before a trial before the judge, just like you did at the arbitration. But if the judge finds differently uh, or the same as the arbitrator, you may be required to pay the other side's fees if you're the rejecting party, and they would have won. Uh, it would have been the same ruling via the judge as the arbitrator. There could be an order requiring you to pay the other side's fees associated with the arbitration. And, and assuming that neither side does reject it, I, I think I heard you say at the beginning that after the arbitration process, 
everything goes back to the judge anyway. So is that, even though you've gone through the arbitration and there's a finding and perhaps there's no no uh, dispute about it, there's still a, a process of going back to the court to, to finalize the finding? Is that how it works? The judge will just enter the award via a court order so that it actually has binding effect. So he'll take the, if nobody objects, he'll take the arbitrator's award and just memorialize it in a, a judgment order. Okay. And then the and case I, will be over. We could probably go a whole, yeah, and, and uh, I, good clarification there. And, and I was just, before I let you go, probably a different topic here. We could spend a lot of time on it, but I'm kind of, curious about the arbitrators themselves. Um, you know, are, are these people who do this as a, a full-time basis? Are they other law professionals that are certified in some way? How, you know, what is the role of an arbitrator, or how does one become an arbitrator, I guess? In this context, to qualify to be an arbitrator, you have to have commercial litigation experience. You have to concentrate your practice in commercial law. You have to be practicing as an attorney for at least seven years successfully complete the training seminar and get approved by the arbitration selection committee. Okay. Well, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, a, a new topic, and we always like to kind of dive into those. So um, uh, a great look at something we hadn't talked about before here on the podcast, and I appreciate Jennifer's time to do that. And Jennifer, we always talk about reaching out to Lavelle Law, and we, we try and promote the website at lavellelaw.com. I know you spend uh, a lot of your practice time down in the city at uh, the office there. If someone has some questions about issues like this, um, is there a good number that they can reach out to make sure that they get a hold of you and have a conversation? Yes. My direct line is 312-888-4111. Difficult to forget. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. 4111, area code 312-888. I want to thank Jennifer Bertie for being here and uh, appreciate her time. As always, uh, a pleasure to speak with her. And a uh, pleasure to have you with us as well. Um, let me again point you over to uh, lavellelaw.com, uh, articles, uh, podcasts, videos, uh, a lot of great information as well as uh, a breakdown of different areas of law and uh, uh, look at the attorneys who, uh, who are there to help you. So uh, follow up with either Jennifer or the main number at 847 705 7555. I want to thank you for joining us today and look forward to uh, having you join us for an episode in the future. Thanks.